Hey, change agents, and welcome to season two of my podcast. My name is Tracy V. Allen, impact strategist and owner of TVA Consulting. This podcast, formerly known as Nonprofit Biz Talk, is now called the Change Agents Podcast, and that's agents with a Z at the end, not an S. Why the name change, you might ask? Well, my client pool is evenly split between nonprofit leaders, social entrepreneurs, and small business owners. Yeah, so I decided to be more inclusive with my content and make it more relatable to all parties. This podcast also has an accompanying vodcast on my YouTube channel called Change Agents TV. So make sure to go over and subscribe. So we're going to shake things up a little bit around here and bring you applicable strategies, not just methodologies. Yes, methodologies are needed for a solid foundation, but without understanding how to strategically implement it, it is like having a bunch of useless information that you're never going to use. Example, trigonometry and calculus. I have never used either a day in my life outside high school and college. So fasten your seatbelts and grab your pen and paper and let's get started with season two of the Change Agents podcast. Hey, good morning. How are you? So today we're going to jump right into it. And we're going to be talking about the top 20 frequently asked questions that the SBA has put out answers to. Um, They put these answers out on April 8th, and it is very detailed. And it's a lot of the same questions that I get from people all the time. So welcome, welcome, welcome to Morning Tea with me, Tracy B. Allen, owner of TVA Consulting, where we help nonprofit organizations and businesses put the systems and processes together to build and grow profitable, sustainable, and compliant infrastructures so that they can achieve their mission and realize their vision, but most of all, so that they can create impact in the communities that they served. So again, today's... um, session is going to be called 20 of the most frequently asked questions about the PPP loan. And it's literally 20 questions. I am not going to read the answers in their entirety because I would be here all day and I only want this to be 15 or 20 minutes long at the most. So um, I read the entire question and I will paraphrase the answers, but I will also link the document Um, in the pin post below so that you can go back and you can look at it and um, take your time and peruse it at your will. So question number one, in paragraph 3B3 of the PPP interim financial rule statement that lenders must confirm the dollar amount of the average monthly payroll cost for the preceding calendar year by reviewing the payroll documents submitted with the borrower's application. Does that require the lender to replicate every borrower's um, calculation? The answer, the short answer is no. Again, like I said yesterday, they are putting the earnest for honesty on you, the borrower. So if they really think that your numbers are completely 
um, skewed, that you know these numbers just don't look right, they can bring in a third party, a reasonable a payroll, someone who's in payroll accounting to look it over and see that you know there's accuracy with it. But really and truly, a lot of them are going to leave that up to you, the um, borrower, to give them the right information. And remember, if you don't give them the right information, there are going to be penalties applied. <clears throat> Question two, are small business concerns as defined by section three of the Small Business Act 15 USC 632 required to have 500 or fewer employees to be eligible borrowers in the PPP? The answer is no one. Okay. So here are the stipulations for organizations, for companies that have more than 500 employees. So it says um, small business concerns can be eligible borrowers if they have more than 500 employees, as long as they satisfy the existing statutory and regulatory, regulatory definition of a small business concern under Section 3 of the Small Business Act, 15 U.S.C. 6. Three, two. A business can qualify if they meet the SBA employment-based or revenue-based size standard um, corresponding to its primary industry. And that size, size standard can be found on sba.gov forward slash size. <clears throat> Additionally, the business can qualify for Paycheck Protection Program as a small business concern if, they, if it meets both tests in the SBA alternative size standard as of March 27, 2020. First thing, maximum tangible net worth of the business is not more than $15 million, like I stated yesterday. And number two, the, the average net income of the federal after federal income taxes, excluding any carryover losses of the business for the full, for two full um, fiscal years before the date of the application is not more than $5 million. So if you meet both those requirements, you can still be a small business, um, qualify as a small business, even if you have more than 500 employees. Does my business have to qualify as a small business concern um, as defined in Section 3 of the Small Business um, Act, 15 U.S.C. 632, in order to participate in the PPP. So, no. In addition to small business concerns, the a business is eligible for a PPP loan if the business has 500 or fewer employees whose principal place of residence is in the United States, or the business meets the SBA small employee-based size standards for the industry in which it operates, okay? So basically, it's the same answer that I gave up at the top, only that this one specifies that your employees must live within the United States. Number four, question four. Are lenders required to make an independent determination regarding applicable or affiliation rules under 13 CFR 121-301F to borrowers? No. 
It is the responsibility of the borrower to determine which entity, if any, are its affiliates and determine the employee's headcount of the borrower and its affiliate and its affiliates. Lenders are permitted to apply um, to reply on borrower certification. And I explained what affiliates were in my Monday's um, live. So you can go back and watch it there. Okay, question number five. Are borrowers required to apply SBA affiliation rules under 13 CFR 121-3121.301F? Answer is yes. The borrowers must apply the affiliation rules set forth by SBA interim final rules on affiliation. A borrower must certify on the borrower's application form that the borrower is eligible to receive a PPP loan and that the certification means that the borrower is a small business concern. So remember, okay, I'll just briefly, an affiliate could be like a franchise and not all franchises are not small businesses. It depends on how you were organized as a franchise. So you need to go ahead again and look at the SBA site and make sure that you're your business is certified, even if you have an affiliate, that your business is certified as a small business. Okay, question number six. The affiliation rule based on ownership um, states that the SBA will deem a minority shareholder in a business to control the business if the shareholder has the right to prevent quorum or otherwise block action by the board of directors or shareholders. If a minority shareholder irrevocably gives up those rights, it is still considered to be a, an, affiliation, an affiliate of the business. So no, the answer is no to that question. If a minority shareholder in a business irrevocably waivers or relinquishes any existing rights specified under the statute, the minority shareholder will no longer be an affiliate of the business, okay? Number seven, question number seven, the CARES Act includes, um, excludes from the definition of payroll costs any employee compensation in excess of an annual salary of $100,000. Does that exclusion apply to all employee benefits of monetary value? So the answer is no. The exclusion of compensation and in excess of $100,000 annually applies only to cash compensation, not to non-cash benefits, including, again, employee contributions to define um, to defined benefits or benefit um, defined contributions, retirement plan, pay payments for provisions of employee benefits consistent with group health care coverage, including insurance premiums and payments to state and local um, tax assessed on a compensation of the employee. So if you're, you have an employee who makes more than $100,000 a year 
if, even if you are the employee that makes $100,000 a year, the owner of the business, and you meet these standards, you still qualify for the PPP loan. Okay. Do PPP loan, do PPP loans cover sick leave? I've gotten this question quite a bit. So yes, it does cover sick leave. PPP loans cover payroll costs, including costs of employee vacations, parental, family, medical, and sick leave. However, the CARES Act excludes qualified sick and family leave wages for which a credit is allowed under section 7001 and 7003 of the Family First Corona Response Act, Public Law 116-127. Okay, and to learn more about it, you can go to um, paid sick leave, um, refundable credit, and you will get the information there. Again, I'm going to drop this document in the link below, um, in the comment section. I'm going to link it in the comment section. Okay, um, question number nine. My small business is seasonal. A lot of people have seasonal businesses. So my small business is seasonal. Whose activities increase from April to June? Considering activities from that period would be more accurate would be a more accurate reflection of my business operations. However, my my small business was not fully ramped up on February 15th. Am I still eligible? So the answer is in elevating, evaluating a borrower's eligibility, a lender may consider whether a seasonal borrower was in operation on February 15th or for an eight-week period between February 15th and June 30th, February 15th, um, 2019, and June 30th, to the, um, June 30th, 2019. So again, um, the, bar, the lender can consider whether the seasonal borrower was in operation from on February 15th, 2020, or for eight week for an eight week period from February 15, 2019 to June 30th, 2019. So your lender will make that decision as to whether or not they think you're eligible for the PPP loan. Question 10, what is an eligible borrower contracts with a third party payer, such as a payroll provider or a professional employer um, association? like a, P, a, P, a PEO, to process payroll and report payroll taxes? So the answer is yes, we recognize the eligible borrowers that use payroll um, PEOs or similar payroll providers to um, acquire, to requ are required under some state registration laws to report wages and other data on the employment identification number of the PEO or other payroll provider. So if even if you use a payroll provider, basically it's saying you're still supposed to be reporting under your EIN number. So you should still be able to get the documents. You would need to get the form 941 from your payroll provider. 
So again, yes, you are still eligible as long as you're reporting under your own EIN number and you'll get um, Schedule R form um, 941 from that payroll provider. Question 11, may lenders accept signatures from single individuals who, from a single individual who's authorized to sign on behalf of the borrower? So the short answer is yes, as long as you have a legal document stating that you um, can sign on behalf of the borrower or you own 20% of the business, then you can sign um, the document. Um, okay, question number 12. I need to request a loan to support my small business operation in light of current economic uncertainty. However, I plead, I pled guilty to a federal crime a very long time ago. Am I still eligible for PPP? Yes, you are. Okay, I know under a lot of circumstances you may not be, but yes, you are. So businesses are only ineligible if an owner of 20% or more of the business, um, of the more of the equity of the applicant is yeah, of the applicant is presently incarcerated on probation or on parole, subject to indictment, criminal information or any of those things. So if someone who owns 20% or more of the business is currently having legal issues, the answer is no. Okay. Question number 13, are lenders permitted to use their own line, um, their own online portal or electronic forms? Yes, they are. Okay. Lenders may use their own online system and forms um, they established. So they don't have to use the SBA one. You don't have, they don't have to accept the one that you downloaded from the SBA site. They can give you their own. So like my bank does not um, accept the SBA um, downloadable form. They have their own electronic form. So I have to fill out their form in order to qualify for the PPP. And I know a lot of banks that are doing that. Actually, I don't know any banks that are accepting the SBA form. Um, I don't. There probably are some, but I don't know any. Okay, question number 14. Uh, what time period should the borrower use to determine their number of employees and payroll costs to calculate their minimum loan amount? So the answer in general, borrowers can calculate their aggregated payroll costs using data either from the previous 12 months of the calendar year, so 2019, for seasonal businesses, the application, the applicant may use average monthly payroll for the period from February to, um, 15th, 2019 to March 1st, 2019, and June 30th, 2019. An applicant that ha was not in business from February 15, 2019 to June 30th, 2019 may use an average monthly cost for the period from January 1st, 2020 to February 29th, 2020. And then all other people, you just use the last 12 consecutive months.
of your year. So all of 2019, if you've been in business for a while. Okay, question 15. Should payments that should payments that an eligible borrower makes um, to an independent contractor or sole proprietor be included in calculations of eligible borrowers' payroll costs? No, you cannot put in costs that you pay to independent contractors because you don't pay taxes for those people. They pay their own taxes. So you cannot include them in your payroll cost. Question 16, how should a borrower uh, account for federal taxes when determining the payroll costs for purposes of a maximum loan amount allowed, use allow, allowable uses the um, payroll protection loan and the amount uh, of a loan that may be forgiven under the act. So the answer is under the act, payroll costs are ca calculated on the gross basis without regards to and not including sub um, subtractions and additions based on the federal taxes imposed or withheld. So you cannot include federal taxes imposed or withheld as part of your payroll cost. It's double dipping. You're getting the money from the federal government. How are you now going to take that same money and give it back to them? Uh, I mean, and get it forgiven, you know, doesn't make sense. So number 17, this is question 17 in file. I filed an, I filed or approved a loan application based on the version of the PPP interim rule, final rules published on April 2nd, 2020. Do I need to make, to take any action based on the updated guidelines of the, the question and answers on this form? No borrowers and lenders may rely on the laws, rules, and guidelines available at the time of the relevant application. So if you've already put in your application, they're saying, no, whatever the rules and um, the rules were on April 2nd still applies to that particular application. It doesn't apply to an application that is put in today because those rules have changed. Question 18, are PPP loans for existing customers considered new um, accounts by the, F, uh, um, the, fin, the FINCEN rule or the CDD purposes, are lenders required to collect, certify, or verify beneficial ownership information in accordance with the rules requirements for existing customers? The answer is, if the PPP loan is being made to an existing customer, and the necessary information was previously verified, you do not need to re-verify the information. So this is more for the lenders. So if you already bank with a bank and they already have all your information, they shouldn't be asking you for the same information already because they had to verify it before opening your account. So like when I went to open my bank account, I didn't even have to bring in any of my documents because it's all in the cloud. So they just went in. All I needed to provide them with is my... Um, EIN number. And from my EIN number, they were able to search and find that I was a legal entity 
guarantee in the state of Connecticut and that I didn't have any existing outstanding um, taxes and all of that stuff. So all of that is already there. So you shouldn't have to provide any of those papers. I know if you go to a bank that you don't bank with, you may need to provide those documents. Okay, question 19. Do lenders have to use a promissory note provided by the SBA or may they use their own? So lenders may use their own promissory note or an SBA form of promissory note. Okay, so lenders can use their own or the one that the SBA provides. And the final question, and we made good time, yay, um, is number 20. Uh, question, the amount of forgiveness of a PPP loan depends on the borrower's payroll costs over, the, over an eight-week period. And remember that your eight-week period starts the day that the bank actually gives you the money. Not the day that you applied for it, but the day that the bank actually cuts you a check for the funds. Okay. So um, over an eight week period. So let me start back over that question. The amount of forgiveness of a PPP loan depends on the borrower's payroll costs over an eight week period. When does the eight week period begin? And I answered it anyway. The eight period Eight-week period begins on the date that the lender makes the first distribution of or disbursement of the PPP loan to the borrower. So money in hand is the first day. The lender must make the first distribution of the loan no later than 10 calendar days from the date that the application is approved. So if they tell you you qualify for it today, 10 business days from today, they must um, give you the monies for this PPP loan. So I hope this question and answer section um, gave you some clarity as to what you need to do to move forward. Again, I will try to link the document in the comment section and make it a pin post so you can go ahead and refer to it at will. Um, again, thank you for joining me today for Morning Tea. I hope this was very helpful. Make sure to like, share, subscribe, and comment below if you have a question, and I will surely try to get back to you and answer that question if I can. My name is Tracy V. Allen. I'm the owner of TVA Consulting. Have a great day, and if you're religious, happy Good Friday. Okay, change agents, thank you for joining me today. And remember, there's someone in your community that needs the products and services that you provide, and it is your responsibility to get it right. Have a great day.